good morning. Good morning. Good place to be this morning. Love the, the singing and the sunshine coming through. Really like seeing that. I'm ready for the, the spring and summer coming. Anybody else ready for that? Snow's gone for another year. As far as uh, announcements go, uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, I want to meet with anyone that's interested in the missions uh, team. So be here next door at 4 o'clock. Um, come out and join us for that. Looking forward to that. Um, as far as next Sunday night, I've got a couple of ideas. And of course, it's going to involve food. Uh, got to have food, right? So what if we did like a, a pizza, cornhole, and craft night? How's that sound? Amen. Sound good? All right, let's do it. So next Sunday night, pizza, cornhole, crafts, and fellowship. All right. Anybody with a special song this morning? All right. If you got your Bibles, turn over to the fourth chapter of Hebrews. I just want to say, Bob, I can't say it, but I do have God bless you, Terry. So Hebrews chapter 4, we'll get to that in a second. So really, really enjoyed Tony's message last Sunday on our legacy. Really made me think about a lot of things. Made me think about a lot of people that led me to, to be here today. My grandpa was one of them. I was, I was real young when he passed away. But I can't imagine what he's saying right now. And brothers and sisters, I don't care what happens in this world. As long as we keep preaching the truth here, that's all that matters. Amen. Sorry. All right, 
So quick recap. A few weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 3, well, the, the whole theme of Hebrews is Jesus is better. And the last time we preached, it was the, the second warning of the book. We're talking about having a hardened heart caused by unbelief. Pointing back to those children of Israel that had been in slavery for 400 years. And God sent Moses to deliver them by his mighty hand. And take them to the promised land. But they didn't really trust. You know, they they saw everything that God did. But they didn't fully trust him. And sadly, they all died on the outside looking in. They never actually got to go in. And like I said, we, they saw those miracles. They, they saw that, but there was a lack of faith. And the writer compared Jesus to Moses. And Moses was a great leader back at that time. Moses was a servant of the house of God. But Jesus built that house. Jesus was the son over that house. That's a big difference. Jesus is better. And I think we ended last week about the best way to overcome, to keep going, is to really trust and believe in Christ. Nothing else matters. Believe and trust in Christ. Quit trying to figure it all out. None of us have it all figured out. Believe and trust. All right, so let's read. We'll read about the first 11 verses of chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest as he has said. As I, have swore my, as I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter it because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day today, saying through David so long afterward in the words already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. I'm going to stop there for right now. So I've had the, the term rest on my heart for, for several weeks now as I've been studying through this. What's the first thing you think of when you think of the word rest? Sleep. Sleep? Marcel's a sleeper. <laughs> what else? Day off? Does anybody actually rest on a day off? I'm still paying for last weekend for a day off. Amanda had to hit me with the massager yesterday. Anybody else? 
Any think of any thoughts of rest? Sunday. Sunday. That's a good one. Relaxation. Relaxation. Brian does a great job last week talking about relaxation. I don't want to tell you what how Michelle relaxes. What's what's said in Sunday school stays in Sunday school. <laughs> I, I kind of think I picture sitting on a beach beside my love and chairs right by the water, digging in the sand. Does anybody else like that? I love it. To me, that's rest. But then you come home, and what do you need? A vacation from a vacation. <laughs> Does anybody else have that, tr- that trouble? You need a vacation from a vacation? But rest. Do you think we really know how to rest anymore? Other than Marcel sleeping. <laughs> Which I think Robbie slept for about 12 hours yesterday, so he should be rested up. Thought he was going to teach this morning. Rest. I just I look out in the world and I just see a world that doesn't truly know rest. Do you agree with that? People are just looking in every avenue. I just I don't drug. I mean, we are the most medicated there is, aren't we? I mean, Amanda worked at the pharmacy for, I don't know, several months. We're just, we're medicated. Do you think it's because people just don't have that rest? Like, what is it anxiety that's like one of the highest? And believe me, I have anxiety, so I can talk about it. Isn't that like one of the highest things that people are medicated for? Yes? No? Somebody? Anybody know? Jake doesn't know. How to relax, rest. People rely on a little bit of everything. And what they really need is Jesus. That's the rest that they really need. And we'll get to that in a little bit. So the rest we want to talk about this morning. You don't necessarily have to take a day off. You don't necessarily have to drive to the beach. Which sounds really good to me right now. You know, you don't have to spend money. And it's not even really a ceasing, a ceasing of activity. I can't say that word. So chapter 3 there ends talking about God's rest and how the children of Israel didn't make it into God's rest because of disobedience. So this fourth chapter kind of starts on that same thought. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. The promise of entering his rest still stands. And I couldn't help but think about that as we were having prayer requests this morning. There's a lot of bad stuff going on right here. A lot of sick people. A lot of dying. There's a lot of bad stuff. But there's a rest coming. And the question for you is, are you ready? Are you ready for that rest? That rest is a privilege. It's a comfort. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So I, I found a couple of things here. That uh, anybody ever heard of a a guy named John Owen? Tony, you ever heard of John Owen? Have you? 
He's a Puritan preacher from like the 1600s. This was his five features of rest from this specific scripture. Number one, rest means peace with God. Peace with God. How can we have peace with God? A relationship with Him. Being right with Him. A relationship. Having our souls satisfied. That's how we can be with peace with God. What's the old song? As I've been studying through this, Brother Clayton would sing, My soul is satisfied. What was that song? There you go, D. You still love that. Number two, rest means freedom from a servant bondage-like spirit in the worship and service of God. Number three, rest means deliverance from the burden of the Mosaic observance. No more of the ceremonial law. Number four, rest means the freedom of worship according to the gospel. Number five, rest means the rest that God himself enjoys. I was thinking about that a little bit. Just like with all the bad stuff going on, do you think God's up there pacing and like we, you know, anxiety, like what am I going to do? Nope. Perfect peace. He's in complete control of it all. I can't remember where I actually found this. This is a little, it's a different source, but kind of a good summary of, of rest. The heavenly blessedness in which God dwells and of which he has promised to make persevering believers in Christ partakers after the toils and trials of life on earth are ended. Like that too. Now, back to, to Hebrews here. Keep in mind who the writer is writing to here, who the audience is. It's Jews that had heard about a man named Jesus that were contemplating on going back to the law under the law because of persecution, trials, tribulations. I think we've talked about that about every time we've, we've been through Hebrews here. And they were, they were ready to give up. And the writer here is trying to encourage them by showing that Jesus is better than all of that old stuff to keep going, to keep working, because it's so much worth it. It'll be worth it all. In Jesus, that rest, the promise still exists. Sorry, I've been a little congested the last few days. <clears throat> like I said last week, he's, he's trying to tell them to trust don't be like those folks. Don't do what they did. And talk about their, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Can you imagine how they felt standing on the other side looking in to Canaan's land? But they never actually got there. I think that's kind of what he's getting to here. Let's make sure we don't fall short of that glory of God. Let's make sure we don't fall short of that rest that he's talking about here. Because every one of us are a mess. You know, going back to the, you know, 
several messages back. Don't drift. Don't neglect such a, a great a salvation. Don't harden your heart. Like all that's coming into play here. Don't fall short. Don't make the same mistakes that they did. Because they never entered in His rest. Verse 2 there. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. I think the King James there uses not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So you see, I think it was a little different, but they, they got the same message, the same opportunity that every one of us here today are getting to Jesus. They heard the same thing. Now, I feel like, you know, we, we preach a lot. I mean, that, that's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we're supposed to preach. And people just, it's almost like it goes in one ear and out the other. That's what they did. He's saying, don't do that. But they had the same opportunity as we do today. But it wasn't mixed with faith. It wasn't mixed with faith. You see, it takes more than hearing about Jesus to have a relationship with Jesus. It's not just about hearing. <clears throat> Brother Tony said in the prayer there, it's, not, it's about doing. Taking that message of hope and salvation and, and living it. There's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. But they saw those promises. They saw the miracles. I mean, the Red Sea, they saw it all. But they didn't get it. They didn't get it. How many people today will tell you, I believe in God? Check. I believe Jesus was born? Check. I believe Jesus existed? Check. I believe Jesus died on the cross? Check. But there's just something not right. It's not mixed with faith. There's just something not right. Like I said, just hearing about Jesus isn't enough. You have a part. Amen. You have a part of it. You have to accept it. And like I said so many times, it changes who you are. Amen. It changes who you are. And if it hasn't changed who you are, <laughs> you need to examine yourself and make it right. Because there's a fear that you won't reach it. There's a fear that you're going to miss the cut. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to miss the cut. Because there's a rest waiting for us. Let's not miss the cut. Let's make sure without a shadow of a doubt that you have Jesus in your heart this morning. Because that's what it's all about. If we're not talking that, we are wasting our time. But they had the same opportunity as we do. But it wasn't mixed with faith. It does no good. It wasn't mixed with faith. It's not just an intellectual understanding, if that makes sense. It's so much more than that. Like I'm trying to wrap my head around. Well, Jesus did this, Jesus did this. Just trust Him. He is God's Son. He came here and died on the cross for every single one of us. He is in complete control of it all. 
He's in complete control. Don't miss the boat. Rest in Jesus means we fully trust Him. We fully cling to Him. And we fully rely on Him for everything. And I think we're just so selfish sometimes. Trying to figure out things on our own. Does anybody struggle with that? Let's try to figure out on our own instead of relying on God. Trust Him. Rely on Him. Cling to Him. It comes back to that peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, since, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace of God, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, it's interesting that he uses several history points here to point to that rest. He goes back to, let's see, let me find it. Verse 4 there. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Going back to, I think it was Genesis chapter 2, where God rested after he created everything. He's talking about that rest. And then he goes back again talks about the children of Israel and the rest that, that he had intended for them. But they were on the outside because of disobedience. And even Joshua, he talks about there, he led them to the promised land. But that wasn't it. There was something far better. There's something far better. You know, the interesting there, I think it's the, is it the 8th verse? I believe the King James says, for if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Every other version that I could find says, for if Joshua had given them rest. Anybody get confused by that? I thought it was kind of interesting. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. From what I can understand, Joshua and Jesus were kind of interchangeable depending on whether it was Greek or Hebrew. I thought that was kind of interesting. But I think what it's saying, again, it's comparing Jesus and Joshua. Saying Jesus was better. Yes, Joshua led them to the promised land. But Jesus is leading us somewhere far greater. It's going to last forever. It's going to last forever. The writer's comparing there again. And his audience knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows exactly what, they know exactly what he's talking about. I love this 11th verse here. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but that's okay. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. I think it gets pretty serious there. Let us strive. What was some of the other? I think the King James uses labor. The New Living Translation says do our best. 
The CSB says, let us make every effort. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it because of unbelief. Don't miss it because of drifting away. Don't miss it because of neglecting such a great salvation. Don't miss it because you're hardening your heart. So preacher, what can I do? What can I do to get in that rest? You can trust God. You can trust God for that rest. You can trust Jesus. He's so much better. You know, I didn't when I was saved when I was nine years old, I didn't know everything. I didn't know anything. But as I go further and on and on in my walk with God, I'm 47 years old. He's making it more real every day. And showing me what's coming. Now, folks, this world is bad. This, and, and we struggle with it. We worry about it. Anxiety. Politics. You name it. It's a mess. There's something far greater coming. When Jesus comes back to take His church home, we'll be in a rest forever with Him. And have something to celebrate about. But the question is, do you have a part in it? That's what you have to ask yourself. Do you have a part of that rest? If you don't have a part of that rest, don't get stuck on the outside. Don't get stuck on the outside. Jesus came to die for all of us. He came to take away the wrath of God. He paid that propitiation so that we can have a relationship with Him. And there's a rest waiting for us. There's a rest waiting for us. There's a rest waiting for us. Missy's jumping ahead. (laughs) But trust God for your salvation. There are so many things out in this world that people are, are trying to fill that void with. And the only thing that will really do it is a relationship with Christ. That's it. I can't say it any plainer than that. That's That's it. A relationship with Christ. Do you trust that Jesus came, was born as a virgin birth, lived a perfect life, no sin, 33 and a half years, was crucified on a cruel cross for my sin and for your sin? And again, you can try to wrap your head around it. Good luck. Because a lot of us have been on the road a long time and we still haven't figured it out. The first step, though, is trusting in Him. Coming and bowing down and crying out saying, Lord, save me. That's the first step. Then He helps you figure out the rest going forward. Don't fight and try to figure everything out on your own. It'll make you crazy. It'll make you crazy. But don't delay either. The one thing that I can tell you is that rest is still available. It's still available as of today. But after today, after this wraps up, I I don't know if it'll be available again. Because we're not guaranteed another minute. You know, it broke my heart seeing a wreck out here the other day on 334. Terrible situation. But we were talking about it. It's like, 
What was the coincidence of that? Like, you don't, you really don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. You really don't. I'm not just saying that because I'm up here preaching. You really don't know that. Are you right with Jesus? That's really what it comes down to. Are you right with Jesus? And if you are right with Jesus, one of these days, like I said, you're going to rest in heaven with Him forever. And it's not that we're going to be sitting there sleeping, Marcel. We're going to be enjoying Him. And it's going to be all worth it. Brother Joe, would you get a verse of a song? If you're here this morning and you need salvation, don't go out that door until you know that you're saved. Yeah.